Have you heard that eating dairy products can make your IBD worse? Some say it's inflammatory and irritating to the gut lining, but others say we need dairy because it's rich in calcium and it helps give us strong and healthy bones. Who's right? If you're doing a head scratch and you're not sure what to believe, you're not alone. There's so much information and really misinformation out there about dairy, so it's no wonder you're confused. And if we're trying to decide if dairy is good or bad for our personal situation, that's hard too. Because for many of us with Crohn's and colitis, it seems like everything we eat bothers us. How could you possibly decipher if it's dairy or maybe another culprit? So often I hear that very thing from clients when they ask about dairy. I'll say, is dairy a culprit for you? And the response I get is, I don't know. Or how would I know when everything I eat gives me diarrhea, gut pain, gas, and bloating? The truth about dairy is that the dairy council and proponents of dairy, they're not correct. And the naysayers that claim that all dairy is the worst thing you could possibly put in your mouth they're not correct either. The truth about dairy is that whether it's good or bad for you, it really depends. Like so many of the foods we put in our body, it depends on you. Now on the surface, I know that my answer to that might be frustrating to you and confusing, but in this episode of the Cheeky Podcast, I'm going to make sure that once and for all, you know how to figure out if dairy is your friend or your foe. It's the 411 on dairy. Here we go. You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome. Karen Haley here, your IBD health coach. Today, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm so glad that we're hanging out today to talk about dairy. I also have to tell you that there's a one foot fluff ball sitting at my feet. It's my 11 week old Shichan. That's a cross between a Shih Tzu and a Bichon. And she's a puppy, so sometimes puppies need things. Right now, she's fast asleep. I'm hoping she's going to stay that way throughout the podcast. Fingers crossed. All right, so let's talk about dairy. As an IBDer, a mom with Crohn's or colitis, Crohn's colitis, indeterminate IBD, all of the above, you know what a difficult decision it can be to figure out if dairy is bothering you. Saying I do or I don't to dairy. But let me demystify all that noise out there and let's figure this out together. Here's the rundown on our conversation today. First, we'll make sure that we're all on the same page when we're talking dairy. 
Next, we'll talk about why dairy is included in our governmental healthy eating guidelines, in the United States anyway, and why other countries, they don't include it. Then we'll talk about some potential problems with dairy. We'll go over the three questions you need to ask yourself to know for sure if dairy is one of your challenges. We'll talk about what to do if you find out that you do struggle with dairy. And lastly, I'll give you your healthiest options if you choose to eat dairy products. So much to discuss today. And you'll want to take notes. If that's an option for you, if you're not driving or exercising, you'll want to take notes for this one. So let's dive in. First, let's make sure that we're all on the same page when it comes to dairy. What kinds of foods am I talking about when I talk about dairy? Dairy products are animal-based. They're animal-based products, so they come from animals like cows, sheep, goats, camels, and some types of buffalo. There are, of course, there's other animals that can make milk, but these are the most common ones that we see. The milk from these animals, and mostly cows, they're responsible for making foods like milk, yogurt, cheese, butter, cream, ice cream, whey, milk powder, condensed milk, and curds. And all of these foods, they're considered dairy products. And as a quick side note today, I want to mention that we're strictly talking about dairy sensitivity and dairy intolerance. We're not talking about a true food allergy. People who can have a true food allergy to milk, and when they consume milk, even in small amounts, it can lead to hives, swelling, severe vomiting, difficulty breathing, and then possibly anaphylaxis, which happens when you're, you have so much difficulty breathing that it can lead to death. But today's focus is on dairy intolerance, dairy sensitivity, not that allergy that I just mentioned. So now that we know what we're talking about when it comes to dairy, let's figure out why milk and other dairy products are so highly recommended by our governmental agencies and departments of health in the United States. It all starts with the MyPlate guide, and that is the visual FDA guide for what we should be eating. Remember, that's the guide that replaced the food pyramid back from our childhood. But now we have the MyPlate guide, and we see it sectioned off with different areas. So it's gotten much simpler. There is a section for fruit, a section for vegetables, protein, grains. And off to the side of the plate is a circle for dairy. And as kids, we're told that if we want to be healthy, if we want to have strong bones and we want to have enough calcium, we need to consume dairy. So the real question isn't why do we need dairy, but a better question is why do we think we need dairy? And that's the answer. We think we need dairy because we're told by our government that we need to consume dairy to be healthy. So is this true? Is this really the case? We need dairy to be healthy, to have strong bones, to be physically fit, to have enough calcium in our diet. Well, here's what I can tell you. I can tell you that we're the only species on the planet that drinks another animal's milk. Let's stop right there. Let's just actually, let's stop right there and think about that. That's kind of weird, right? Drinking another animal's milk. If we're lucky, we're nursed by our mothers and we get an amazing amount of nourishment from them. But the nourishment we get from mother's milk, it's very, very different than the nourishment we get from another animal's milk. 
But Karen, I can hear you saying, what about calcium? What about osteoporosis? Milk makes sure that we have enough calcium so we don't get osteoporosis, doesn't it? Well, when I looked at the actual research, you know I'm a research girl. I love looking at research. When I looked at the actual research on dairy and calcium and osteoporosis, I found that having enough calcium in your body, it doesn't mean we won't get osteoporosis. And there's another interesting fact here. The continents of Africa and Asia, by and large, they're not shoving cow's milk down their babies' throats. And guess what? They have the lowest rates of osteoporosis in the world. Interesting, right? Turns out vitamin D levels have a closer link to our bone health. Vitamin D can help us limit the risk of fractures, help us absorb calcium, remineralize our bones, help us to have strong muscles so that we can decrease our risk of falling. Vitamin D does all that. And just in case that's got you thinking about your vitamin D level, what's my level? That's a great thought because having Crohn's and colitis, it historically puts you at risk for having lower vitamin D levels. So while you're thinking about it, while you're thinking about vitamin D, I want to urge you to get your vitamin D level checked the next time you get blood work. And if you want to increase that level, think about wild salmon, sardines, shiitake mushrooms, egg yolks, and of course my personal favorite, the sun. So now, mind you, I'm not poo-pooing calcium. I'm not saying it's meaningless. Calcium is important. It's been shown to decrease the risk of colon cancer. And that is a big calcium bonus for those of us with IBD, especially those of us with ulcerative colitis. But The key piece of information here is that dairy, per se, hasn't been shown to decrease the risk of colon cancer. It's calcium that does that. And calcium is found in several different food sources. Foods like beans, peas, lentils, kale, bok choy, broccoli, oranges. Yes, oranges. Oranges are high in calcium. Also seeds like pumpkin, sesame, and chia. And if you're thinking that I've got IBD, I can't have half of those things, I have a challenge for you for your thought pattern here. So no, if you're in a flare, it's likely that you can't digest some of those foods I just mentioned. You can't digest them in their whole state. Seeds, for example, they're often a no-no when we're in flare mode or we have a stricture in our intestine. But here's where the high-speed blender can become your best friend. Putting seeds like pumpkin seeds and chia seeds in a smoothie is an awesome idea. All of the benefit of calcium without having the difficulty of digesting the seeds. How about kale or other greens? Because those are also high in calcium. But those are another example of a food that might be difficult for you to eat in its raw, natural state. Maybe even in its cooked form. How about blending them into a smoothie? Into a high-speed blender with a high-speed blender. Now there's a great source of calcium. So yes, calcium is important, but dairy isn't the only source of calcium. In fact, there are higher sources of calcium, like the ones I just mentioned. And when it comes to bone health, we just learned that even more, there's an even more important factor here. It's our vitamin D level. So please, please do me a favor and get that vitamin D level checked. 
The industry standard for normal, I'm saying that in air quotes, for normal, for your normal vitamin D level, it's 30. But functional medicine doctors, and remember those are the doctors who really dig deep into root cause wellness and not just symptom cover-up or symptom management, they really like that number to be much higher, like between 45 to 60. My vitamin D level, I have to confess, it's been as low as 7. Yikes. So I'm always working on, I'm always working hard on ways to keep it as high as I can. When we're talking about the question of do you need dairy in your life, it's important to know that approximately 68% of the world's population is genetically incapable of digesting dairy due to lactose intolerance. I've heard numbers as high as 75%, but I like to go with the most conservative stats, so we're going to go with 68% today. That's way more than half of the world's population that has trouble digesting dairy. And that number appears to be higher for those of us with Crohn's and colitis because we already have sensitive digestive systems. Now I mentioned a condition called lactose intolerance. That's one of the problems that people can have with dairy products. Have you been diagnosed with lactose intolerance? Did your doctor explain exactly what that means? So often our doctors give us a diagnosis, but they don't take the time to explain what that actually means. So in case you've been diagnosed with lactose intolerance and you're really unclear about what that means, or maybe, maybe you're thinking that lactose could be a trouble spot for you, let's get really clear on exactly what lactose intolerance is and what it means for you in terms of what you can and can't eat. So when you see os at the end of a word, that's O-S-E at the end of the word, I want you to think sugar. So we're talking glucose, sucrose, galactose, lactose, right? These are all forms of sugar. Lactose is a milk sugar, the sugar found in milk. People who are lactose intolerant, they don't have the enzyme lactase. And that's the enzyme that's needed to digest dairy products. Symptoms of lactose intolerance include digestive pain or tummy upset after consuming dairy. You might also have bloating, gas, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea. These are the symptoms that usually happen when you consume dairy. And they happen usually about 30 minutes to 2 hours after eating dairy. Now, like so many of these secondary diagnoses, those of us with IBD, we're left in the dark because we know that we already have digestive pain, tummy upset, bloating, gas, and at different times, we can have vomiting and nausea as well. And of course, we're all too familiar with diarrhea. It's a huge challenge, and I promise you that today I'm going to share with you some ways that you can figure out if it's your IBD or an intolerance to dairy. But when it comes to the problems that dairy causes in people, it isn't enough just to talk about lactose intolerance because there's another dairy challenge that's also a possibility for you. Even if you're okay with lactose, even if you're okay digesting lactose, you're not out of the woods. There's a protein found in milk called casein, and many people are sensitive to this protein. Actually, you can be lactose intolerant and casein sensitive at the same time. Many people with gut challenges are. 
with lactose challenges, we can compensate fairly easily because oftentimes there are lactose-free versions of dairy products, but we can't get away from casein that protein found in dairy. It turns out that many people who are gluten intolerant are also intolerant to casein. And that's because the molecular structure of casein is very similar to the molecular structure of gluten. So here comes my first of many tips regarding dairy in this episode. I always recommend that people who know they have a challenge with gluten, so those would be people with either celiac or non-celiac gluten sensitivity, I always recommend that they stay away from dairy. It's amazing the transformation that it can make in your IBD life. If you stay away from gluten, stay away from dairy as well. Remember, dairy isn't a problem for everyone, It's that 68 to 75% of the world's population. So that means that 25 to 32%, if I did my math right, don't, and check me on that, it means that they don't have a challenge digesting dairy. However, when it comes to people who struggle to digest dairy, more often than not, I see that struggle in those with gut challenges like IBD. When you already have a gut challenge, dairy products can further exacerbate the problem. And while we're talking about problems with dairy, I also want to mention an important side note here. Back in episode 30, we talked about hidden disorders that might be standing in the way of you getting to the healing place you deserve to be. These are issues like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, candida, leaky gut, And if you haven't listened to that episode, you should definitely go back and check it out. It's one of my most listened to episodes. These hidden conditions that are standing in the way of your recovery, they're also a reason for you to stay away from dairy. Conditions like SIBO and candida, leaky gut, and also thyroid challenges. That's another hidden condition linked to IBD. Those conditions can mean that you also have a sensitivity to dairy. So if this is you, it's my recommendation that you also avoid dairy. Now, if all these gut-related conditions have been linked to dairy sensitivity, you might be wondering if there are maybe are other challenges that we see when there's an underlying dairy intolerance as well. And yes, yep, there definitely are. Eczema, for example, acid reflux, heartburn, acne, these are all conditions that have been linked with dairy sensitivity. Now, mind you, I'm not talking cause here. I'm not saying that one causes the other. The research isn't saying that. It's just an interesting link between people who have these conditions. They also appear to have difficulty digesting dairy. And when dairy is removed, challenges like these, they might disappear. When it comes to avoiding dairy because you have those conditions I just talked about, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, candida, leaky gut, thyroid challenges, eczema, or acid reflux, it doesn't necessarily mean that avoiding dairy is your forever. It's just your now. I got to say that again because I just really want you to hear it. It doesn't mean that avoiding dairy is your forever. It just means that it's your now. Once enough healing has taken place in your intestine, it is possible that you may be able to tolerate small amounts of dairy again. The interesting thing that I always see with dairy, unlike gluten, 
is that dairy really is on a continuum of what you can tolerate. Some people seem to be able to tolerate a cup of dairy a day. Others tolerate a tablespoon a day. Everyone's different and figuring out your dairy level, that'll be important for you once you bring dairy back into your life. Now remember, I'm not saying you need dairy in your life. We've already talked about some much better ways to get calcium and vitamin D to keep your bones healthy. I just know how delicious dairy is, so I just want to offer that up to you in case you're looking forward to adding some amount of dairy back into your life at some point. I also want to mention that I know this is hard. I am not saying this lightly. I don't take these recommendations I'm giving you lightly. I know that this is easier said than done. It's difficult and it can be a process. It's okay to take baby steps here. It's okay to just keep taking imperfect action. Keep moving forward and then I know you'll get there. And of course, if you're struggling, if you're struggling to make these changes in your diet, you know I'm here for you. It's my passion to help you with things just like this. Reach out to me through Facebook and we'll chat. On Facebook, I am The IBD Health Coach. Send me a DM and we can talk more about it. I'm here to support you. So those are the problems and conditions that are associated with dairy intolerance. We talked about lactose intolerance, the milk sugar. We talked about casein intolerance, milk protein. And we also talked about conditions that are linked to dairy sensitivity. Conditions like SIBO, candida, leaky gut, thyroid challenges, eczema, heartburn, acid reflux, skin rashes, acne, You might be thinking, wow, that sounds just like me. I've had acid reflux all my life. I wonder if doing a trial run of dairy might be helpful for me. Or I know I'm lactose intolerant, so I've been drinking lactose-free milk. But it's weird because I still feel crappy when I drink lactose-free milk. Ah, I know what that is now. It must be that I'm not just sensitive to lactose, I'm also sensitive to casein. In my family, there's three of us who know that we're sensitive to dairy. So three out of five. Okay, wow, that's interesting. I think if my math is right, and again, correct me, I think that's about 60%, right? So it's really close to the national average. We have the national average right in my family. When my youngest was about three, he started getting these weird rashes, these weird, I would call them rash patches all over his torso. And at first, I chalked them up to a chlorine sensitivity because it was in the summer or maybe it was bug bites. But when it happened a few times after a dairy binge, of course, his favorite food, I decided that it was time to remove dairy and just see what happened. And guess what? The rashes were gone in one week. We realized that he was lactose intolerant, so that was the challenge for him. But for my middle son, dairy is a different story. His intolerance, his sensitivity is more severe. After a couple mass vomiting incidents from milkshakes and sitting on the toilet for days after eating pizza, we knew his problem was bigger. His test for a true milk allergy, it was surprisingly negative, but he is both intolerant to lactose and casein, so he's got the double whammy. Now, does that mean he always stays away from cheese and ice cream? Of course, not always. He's 18 after all, and he knows that if he eats even a teeny tiny bit, he's going to be in big trouble. So I know he tries. 
As for me, the other dairy sensitive one in the family, I've learned that the only dairy that I can tolerate is 24 hour fermented yogurt. It's virtually lactose free. And I wouldn't say that it just works for me. I'd say that I really thrive on it. Some do, some don't. I think it's because of the rich probiotic benefit that it gives me. Occasionally, I have to admit, I do eat raw cheddar cheese, but that's it. That's it for me and dairy. It's more of what I would call, we have an acquaintance. We have an acquaintance with each other. We're not lifelong friends, dairy and I, but we're acquaintances and that's just fine. Can you relate to any of these scenarios? The ones from my family or the earlier ones associated with dairy intolerance? Were you nodding along saying, that's me, raising your hand up, giving an amen, or saying, that's me this whole time? If that's you, then that's actually fantastic news. I am so glad that you've had these wow and aha moments. But if you're like most moms with Crohn's and colitis, you might still be wondering, is this me? Nothing I eat seems to work for me. Nothing I take away seems to work for me. I don't know if this is me or not. If you're in this category where you're still saying, does dairy intolerance fit or does it not fit? I've got three questions to help you finally get to the bottom of this. Three questions that will tell you for sure if dairy is a problem for you and if you should avoid it. Let's start with the most obvious. Question number one, did I test positive for lactose intolerance or casein intolerance? If your answer to either of those questions is a resounding yes, you've got a dairy problem. If your problem is lactose intolerance, you'll want to stay away from lactose-containing dairy products. And although there are a few ways to test for lactose intolerance, the most common test is the hydrogen breath test, and that looks at undigested lactose in your body. If casein might be your culprit, then you'll want an IgG blood test to look for antibodies in the blood. Of course, a good doctor won't just look at a breath test or a blood test. They're also going to look at your symptoms as well. And if you end up positive for one or both of these dairy sensitivities, you'll want to take steps to avoid certain dairy products. All right, let's talk about the question number two. Question number two that you can ask yourself. Do I have symptoms, both GI and non-GI? We already touched on both of these. Do you have symptoms like abdominal pain, gas, bloating, or diarrhea after eating dairy? We usually look at these symptoms happening anywhere from 30 minutes to 2 hours after eating dairy. It could be longer though, so keep an eye out for that. When we're talking about non-GI symptoms, that can be an indication of a sensitivity to dairy. And those symptoms would be skin rashes, acne, eczema, heartburn, and acid reflux. And remember those conditions we talked about earlier, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, candida, leaky gut, thyroid conditions. Those can also mean that it's a good idea to stay away from dairy for a while. In my practice, I usually see moms with multiple issues going on, and then we know it's time to give a break from dairy. Now, do any of those sound like you? If you're saying yes, then you'll want to lay off dairy for a while. One last question in our three-question series. Question number three. Have I tried other food-related gut healing methods to lessen my Crohn's and colitis symptoms without success? For example, let me just give you an example here. 
Did you try a gluten-free diet and find that it helped somewhat, but not completely? Or maybe you started the specific carbohydrate diet and you ate lots or even just a little of the SCD legal yogurt and then your symptoms, they didn't improve. What if you tried removing all dairy for a while on the SCD to see if that helps? If you answered yes to any of these questions, it's time to experiment with a dairy-free diet. And there's lots of ways that you can do this. If lactose is your culprit, you may still be able to benefit from some dairy products like the 24-hour fermented yogurt because that's virtually lactose-free and so is 24-hour fermented kefir. So that's a possibility for you as well. These dairy products may work for you and they have the added benefit of being high in probiotic bacteria that can help heal your gut. You may also tolerate raw dairy products. Some people who are mildly sensitive to dairy, they're able to tolerate raw dairy, like raw cheese or raw milk. I definitely tolerate raw cheese much better than I do with traditional cheese products. Raw dairy products like these, they're not pasteurized, so they contain more vitamins like A, C, E, and B. And they also contain more minerals, more minerals like iron, zinc, and calcium. Raw dairy products, they are illegal in some states, so you'll want to follow your state's guidelines. If you're able to get raw milk products, I highly recommend you have a lengthy conversation with your farmer to make sure that you're comfortable with their practices. I have a friend's daughter who got salmonella poisoning from consuming raw milk, but I have to tell you that is very, very rare. Most raw dairy farmers, they're safe and so are their animals. It's just best to have that conversation and make sure you're comfortable with their practices. Now, along with eating low lactose dairy and raw dairy products, it might also be helpful for you to try another animal's milk besides cow's milk. Two animals whose milk can be more easily tolerated are goat's and sheep's milk. I've had several clients who don't tolerate cow's milk, but they do tolerate milk from other animals. And it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're a dairy lover. All of these ideas that I just mentioned to you, they're for you if you are, if lactose is your issue. But if you're sensitive to casein, you're going to want to avoid dairy altogether. And these days, it's not that difficult to avoid dairy. Non-dairy alternatives, they've popped up everywhere, right? When it comes to milk, my favorite options, they are the nut milks. So coconut milk, cashew milk, and almond milk. And yes, you can buy these at the grocery store, but you can also make your own. It's so, so stinking simple to do. And the ingredients, they're much healthier for you. They're much healthier for your gut. Seed milks, that's also an option. Yes, you can make milk from seeds. You can make milk from hemp seed, from flax seed. Another option is pea protein. You can make milk from peas. So with so many options when it comes to dairy-free milk, that's definitely something for you to try. I have a whole recipe collection with easy peasy homemade dairy-free milk. So if you're interested in trying out those recipes for yourself, you can DM me on Facebook and I'll send you my dairy-free milk collection of recipes. I'm on Facebook. Like I said, I am at the IBD Health Coach. You have to put the the in there because remember, you may have heard this before, my Facebook got hacked. So I have a new Facebook page now. It's the IBD Health Coach. 
Okay, you can also replace butter if you are sensitive to casein. You can also replace butter with ghee. G-H-E-E, if you haven't heard of it before, ghee. It is very similar to butter, but it's great because it doesn't have casein and it's virtually lactose-free. Really good butter alternative there for those who are dairy-free. You can also buy that at your regular grocery store in the oils section, but again, like nut milks, you can make your own. Coconut oil is another option. I love coconut oil if butter doesn't work for you. That's an option that doesn't have casein or lactose. Great for cooking and baking. And if you said yes to those three questions that I just posed to you and you're ready to try eating dairy-free to see if it helps your Crohn's and colitis symptoms, I recommend that you try it for a minimum of 30 days. And if you can make it up to three months, that would actually be ideal. That'll give you enough time to decide if eating dairy-free is helping your IBD. Huh, I just rhymed there. (laughs) Didn't mean to do that at all. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Okay, remember the most important item here, the most important wrap-up item is that if you have IBD, it's likely that you're sensitive to dairy in some way, some form or another. As we've seen, there are degrees of sensitivity, but it can truly make a huge difference in your life by giving dairy-free a try. It doesn't mean that it's your forever, it just means that it's your now. After all of this, if you feel like you just can't do it, you can't give up dairy, and I really get it, I do see this a lot as well with my clients because people love dairy products. If you just cannot do it, you can't give up your dairy products altogether, I have a few suggestions for you. I highly recommend that you do these five things. Number one, choose hard cheeses instead of soft cheeses. Hard cheeses are cheeses that are aged longer and they're lower in lactose for the most part. Number two, choose raw cheese because it can be easier for your sensitive belly to digest. Number three, make your yogurt. Instead of buying it, make your yogurt. Make your own homemade fermented 24-hour yogurt. And when you do that, you have liquid gold in your possession. The probiotic benefits are amazing and the lactose, it's virtually nil. Number four, when you buy dairy products, buy organic and grass-fed. Organic and grass-fed products will ensure that you have the healthiest product with the most nutrients available to help build up your digestive system. And number five, start dabbling. Start dabbling with non-dairy because it's not as bad as you might think. Cashew milk ice cream, have you had that? Oh my goodness, so delish. Coconut milk yogurt, oh, it's rich, it's creamy. It's delicious. Dip your toe in, mama. You might just surprise yourself. We covered a lot of ground today, my friend. We started our conversation talking about exactly what is a dairy product. We got into the whole, do we need dairy controversy? And do we need dairy? Mm, Probably not. We talked about the problems people can have with digesting, digesting dairy, including lactose intolerance and casein intolerance. We explored the GI and the non-GI related challenges that have been linked to dairy sensitivities. We went over the three questions to ask yourself to figure out once and for all if you could be dairy sensitive, if dairy is your culprit. 
We talked about what to do if you answered yes to those questions. We talked about what to avoid if you want to go dairy-free and how long you should do it. Remember, 30 days to three months. And lastly, I threw you a bone, mama, if you just can't do it. And that's your do it like a mom bonus for today. If you just can't give up dairy, I gave you five do it like a mom bonus tips to make dairy, to make the dairy you eat the healthiest that it possibly can be. So that's a wrap. That's a wrap on episode 40, the dairy episode. If you want to continue the conversation, reach out to me on Facebook. DM me. I'm at the IBD health coach, at the IBD health coach. And I can't wait to hear from you. Remember, I do have that recipe collection of dairy-free milks that you can so simply make at home. Most of them have two ingredients. If you want that, you can DM me and I will send you a copy of the recipe collection. Hey, the little fluff ball next to me made it through the episode. Good job, cannoli. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD healing journey. Chat soon. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there, and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission, if you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, go to my website. It's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practices run online so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at karenhaley.com. Click on the work with me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. 
Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.